Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 240. This week's episode is all about the basics of Royal Caribbean's unlimited drink packages. What are the packages? How do they work? And are they worth it? There's a lot that goes into deciding if a drink package makes sense for you, and so this week's episode serves as a starting point for what you need to know about the unlimited drink package offerings. Here we go. If there's one topic I get a lot of questions about from new cruisers and even veteran cruisers is about Royal Caribbean's unlimited drink packages. They're very popular. In fact, they've never been more popular. But this week, I wanted to go over the basics of Royal Caribbean's drink packages, what they entail, and kind of take a Royal Caribbean drink package 101 approach to uh, the offerings that are available to you. So you should be aware that Royal Caribbean offers unlimited drink packages. There are a couple of them. Some include alcohol. Some do not. And the basics of it is that you pay a daily fee for the drink package. And in exchange, you get unlimited amounts of the beverages included in the particular package you purchase. Now, there are currently, at least at the recording of this podcast, three basic types of drink packages. There is the Royal Refreshment Package, which is a drink package that allows for non-alcoholic beverages. This includes uh, juices, sodas, virgin cocktails. So that includes like, you know, virgin daiquiris and pina coladas, basically no alcohol in them. Uh, Soda, premium coffees, premium teas. There's also the classic soda package, which offers just soda, fountain soda and refills in any venue. Coca-Cola freestyle beverages and Coca-Cola souvenir cup is included as well. Now, the most popular choice, I think, is definitely going to be the Deluxe Beverage Package. This is one where it allows guests to enjoy non-alcoholic and alcoholic beverages, including cocktails, liquors, uh, spirits, beer, wine by the glass, non-alcoholic cocktails, premium coffees and teas, soda, bottled uh, still and sparkling water, fresh-squeezed juices, and some discounts on bottles of wine. Now, the price of the drink packages in general varies from ship to ship and sailing to sailing. Certainly, the deluxe beverage package varies wildly. You'll see prices, I won't say all over the board, but it can vary considerably. The soda package doesn't really change at all. The classic soda package is almost always $8.50 per guest, excluding gratuity. Unless, of course, the price goes up, and depending on when you're listening to this podcast. But, of course, at the time of recording, it was $8.50. The refresh package usually comes in about $26 per guest, excluding gratuity. But it can also be discounted depending if there's a cruise plan or sale. And the prices you often see quoted are per person, per night, not including gratuity. Usually every drink package includes gratuity on top of that. And the way that it works is once you purchase a drink package, you go to any bar or lounge or restaurant that will service you, which is pretty much everywhere on board. Your drink packages work everywhere except for the mini bar and the room service. But other than that, it's pretty much all included. You just flash your card or give them your CPAS card, and they will give you the, the drink. It's one drink per order. So you go and you want to get a Coke, you want to get a beer, you want to get a, a virgin daiquiri or a pina colada. It's one drink per transaction. So I would like to have one virgin daiquiri. I'd like to have one beer. I'd like to have one bottle of water, and they and they scan it, and they give it back to you. Now, in practice, they do sometimes allow you non-alcoholic beverages to get more than one. As an example, like you can almost always get a bottle of water and a drink, an, a, a, an alcoholic beverage, uh, but generally speaking, it's one drink per transaction, and that's certainly the case with alcoholic beverages. There is no daily limit uh, or, or time you have to wait between drink orders. It's just per transaction. Now, the gold, the other golden rule, or really the golden rule when it comes to drink packages, is you absolutely positively cannot share the benefits with somebody who doesn't have the drink package. What that means is if you have the soda card and your kids don't, 
you can't use the soda card to give them soda. It doesn't work that way. Same is true for alcoholic beverages. If there's a guest on board the ship who doesn't have the drink package, you can't use your drink package to get them a drink with their benefits. The drink package benefits are only for those that get the drink package. Pure and simple, that's the way, and that's and that's the rule of the of the land, so to speak, in terms of how that works. Now, in terms of the drink packages, you may be listening to all of this, and the the inevitable question, the first question I think everybody always wonders is, is the drink package worth it? And it really comes down to, I think, what you perceive as worth it. I think at the end of the day, or what really why you would buy any drink package to start with, is got to be that it saves you money, right? I mean, no one would ever buy something that's not going to save them money compared to, of course, buying drinks individually. And certainly, you don't need to get a drink package. In fact, you can go on any Royal Caribbean cruise and not get a drink package, but still be able to enjoy any beverage on board the ship. Every drink is available on a cash basis, if you want to call it that. There's no cash, but you know what I mean, like a a la carte basis. You pay for it, you order it, you pay for it, and it's charged to your CBAS card, and that's it. And certainly, you know, the drink packages offer you value provided that you drink enough per day to quote unquote break even on it, right? And the math is, well, if the drink package for the element alcohol package costs you $55 a day, well, then you'd have to drink like, you know, four to six alcoholic beverages a day in order to break even. And obviously, it doesn't include bottled water or sodas, or or coffees, or things like that that can also help bring that level up. But you got to, you know, if you're only going to drink a beer a day and maybe a bottle of water, well, obviously a drink package isn't worth it for you in that regard. But number one, no question about it, uh, savings is the n- name of the game. So, I, and how do you know if you're going to drink enough per day? That's a hard question to answer. I, I don't know how to, the, the way I usually tell people to at least think about it is when you talk about the element alcohol package, you talk about four to six drinks a day, is your inclination, whoa, that's a lot, or that's it? You know, based on that kind of a reaction, you can usually get a pretty good understanding of it. Now, you also have to understand that when you're talking about drinks, it's not like being at home, right? When you go on like on a deal on a weekday, you know, you're at work for most of the day, you come home, you might have a drink or two, but you know, that's about it, right? You say, six, that's crazy. But when you're on a cruise, I mean, you're on vacation mode. So you wake up, you have a Bloody Mary, you have maybe a latte, which is included in your drink package. Then around lunchtime, you have a couple, you know, you have a drink with lunch, you'll have a couple of drinks by the pool, you know, maybe you have a drink or two with dinner. I mean, that's really easy to get to six and without really, honestly, getting drunk. When a lot of people think that, oh man, you gotta be drunk the whole time in order for the drink package to be worthwhile. No, if you spread it out over the course of the day, it absolutely can be. Uh, a worthwhile investment, that is. I'll also point out that also your itinerary makes a big difference. There is a huge difference between breaking even on a sea day versus breaking even on a port day, a day in which you're in port and you're off the ship. Because when you're off ro- the, your Royal Caribbean ship, your drink package benefits don't work. Of course, the exception is uh, Coco Cay or Labadee, Royal Caribbean's private destinations. But you know, if you're in San Juan, Puerto Rico, or you're in Cozumel, or you're in Rome, or you're in Southampton, or really any of these other ports that are not obviously cities, your drink package benefits don't work while you're off the ship, which means you have less time for it to work for you. On top of that, obviously, if you're buying drinks in port, well, that's additional cost for you on top of things that you know you have to consider. Uh, so it really boils down to again not only your personal preferences but also your itineraries. If you're going on a, you know, a classic example is the Southern Caribbean. A lot of Southern Caribbean itineraries that are out of San Juan, Puerto Rico, are like six port stops on a seven night cruise, meaning only one sea day involved. Well, in that case, maybe you don't need a drink package. Maybe you do. Who knows? But you got to figure that out for yourself. And I think kind of understanding what you want to do from a, uh, you know, from a port intensive uh, option in terms of what you're going to do for shore excursions may help dictate a lot of that. 
Now, there are some X factors in which that are beyond just pure money because a lot of people that love the drink package will tell you, Matt, it's more than just about whether or not you're saving money. It's about budgeting and convenience and a couple other things. So one advantage, one huge advantage, actually the thing I love the most about Royal Caribbean's drink packages is your ability to pre-purchase it before the cruise via Royal Caribbean's cruise planner and basically pay it all off well in advance. You know, I'll often tell people, maybe my wife doesn't break even on her drink package purchase, but you know what? It's really great to be able to pay off our drink packages months ahead of time. So when we're on the cruise, I don't have to worry about it. You know, it's just not an extra charge at the end of the cruise because everything you charge on board the cruise ship, you get a bill at the end of the cruise for. And it adds up. You know, you've got the Adventure Ocean charges for late hours. That's how we like to leave our kids there a little later than when they close so we can have a little more time for me and my wife to enjoy the evening activities. There are shore excursions, there are souvenirs, maybe a massage on board, and you know what? It all adds up. So anyway, I can pre-purchase things. To me, I enjoy that convenience factor of being able to prepay it. So being able to prepay a drink package ahead of time and then not have any drink charges on board, there's a value to that beyond just how much money I'm saving on my drinks that I'm ordering. Also, being able to really just forget about it and beyond just the pricing, just being able to order drinks and not worry like, oh, geez, that one's $12, that one's $10, should I get the $10 one? Or the inevitable game of you're sitting there, imagine you're sitting on the pool deck on your pool chair and you're thinking to yourself, do I want to get a drink? Well, I'd like to get a drink, but I also want to pay $12 right now. So maybe I want to wait another hour, you know, and then you wait another hour and it's like, oh, do I want one now? Uh, if I just wait till dinner, it's, you know, these are all like, I play that game all the time in my mind when I don't have the drink package. So there is something quite nice about being able to, you know, to have it and being able to just not worry about it and not be concerned over uh, what happens there. Now, we'll also say that there's also a bit of sticker shock on both ends of the, of the spectrum. Certainly, a nice thing about the drink package is when you're ordering a $12 cocktail and you get gratuity on top of it, you're paying like, you know, $14, $15 per drink for, you know, a, a lava flow or a pina colada, you know, on board the ship. That's a lot of money. And now, there are places, and if you're wondering if that's a lot, well, there's a place that's charging way more than that. But, you know, outside of a cruise, I should say. But that being said, you know, do you want to be spending that much money? A drink package helps uh, protect against that. By the same token, when you go to pre-purchase a drink package before a cruise on a seven-night cruise, you're paying, you know, around $400 probably per person for the duration of your cruise, right? So there's two people. You're paying like $800 for a drink package. For some people, they just can't get past that kind of math. So, you know, it's tough to figure out how to handicap it that way. And everyone's answer for is a drink package worth it is going to vary. And that's why there is no set answer. There's no way I can tell everybody you should get a drink package or you should not. There are ways around it. There are alternatives to the drink package. Certainly, there are drink specials offered on board. There are uh, different offerings. Also, you can drink in port, which can save you a lot of money. You don't have to drink. As my mom always reminds me, you don't have to drink to have a good time. Same is true of you know having drink packages and you can get by just ordering a couple of drinks here and there because after all if you order you know let's say two to three drinks a day you're still coming in under what the break even point quote unquote would be financially for a drink for the you know a drink package perhaps i think it really boils down to understanding what you're looking to do and what kind of a cruise it is how long of a cruise it is and how you potentially cruise. If you're a new cruiser, if you're somebody who has never taken a cruise before, so you don't have no, really no frame of reference as to what you may or may not want to do, it wouldn't be a terrible idea to forego pre-purchasing the drink package and then purchasing it on board the ship and giving it a day or two to see how you happen to be cruising. 
I will point out that the price of a, of most drink packages, especially especially the deluxe beverage package, the unlimited alcohol package, that is, will be much cheaper before the cruise if you pre-purchase it via the cruise planner. Royal Caribbean almost always offers a discount on that if you purchase it before the cruise. As an example, when I went on Brilliance of the Season January, the pre-cruise purchase price for our unlimited alcohol package is $50 per person per night whereas before gratuity. Whereas on board the ship, it was $63. So obviously, that was only a four-night cruise, but that still adds up. But that being said, if you'd waited a day or two, you'd only be charged a prorated rate for the remainder of the cruise. So you know, you're know you not like you're not paying for time you didn't use already, but more importantly, it gives you an opportunity to you know see how you potentially cruise. That being, And again, the pre-cruise discounts, though, if you know you want to get one or you're pretty sure you want to get one or you want to try it out and go that ass, that route, I don't think you're wrong by trying to pre-purchase it and do it around that way. I think the mistakes people make about the drink packages, first and foremost, they assume they need to get one. Look, I know they're very popular. I know that if you go on realcreamblog.com, you go to our message boards, inevitably, there is quite a bit of discussion of the drink packages. It's a very popular choice. A lot of people like it for you know the convenience and some other reasons, but you know you don't need to get one. It is not the end-all, be-all. Certainly, you can enjoy uh, your cruise without, and you can order plenty of drinks without one as well. It's just like because it's become so prevalent and so popular among a lot of folks, it gets a lot of discussion. But I want to make it very clear: you don't have to get one. I do think that a lot of the benefits of the drink package, like the convenience factor and being able to pre-purchase it, to me, make it almost more important than the fact that you break even on a certain day or not. I don't know that it's important. When I first started looking at the drink package, I used to get really hung up on the daily cost of it. You know, am I am I am I getting my money's worth out of it today? But the reality is, for me, and the way I like to cruise, is I would prefer to prepay things in order to split up the total cost of the cruise, and that's been a big uh, decision for me. Overall, I've gone back and forth on the drink packages over the years. I remember when they first came out, I didn't like them at all. Then I went through a long period in which I really liked them a lot, and now I've kind of gone – I've kind of sat right on the fence in the middle of it. I often tell people now that I'll get a drink package – if it's an if it's a Royal Caribbean blog group cruise because I'm with friends and I want to be social and it's just inevitably it's part of the fabric of which I feel like it's a better idea for me to cruise that way. But when we go on family vacations, uh, when it, there's just me and the family, I started not getting the drink package because you know with the kids and with the way that we cruise with you know when we're when it's just our family, I feel like it's less. Uh, of an issue for me, or less, I feel less obliged to get the drink package. It's certainly a really nice feeling knowing that you have it. I'll tell you that it's a, I really do enjoy when I consider that. Remember that scenario I gave you earlier when we're at the pool deck and I'm saying, man, do I want a drink now? When you have the drink package, you don't even flinch. You just say, you know what? I'm going to get a drink. And why not? Because if you don't finish it, who cares? If you try a new drink, and, you know, I've always heard about this, uh, you know, lava flow people talk about. You try that out, and if you hate it, no big deal because it's the same price. There's no, you know, there's no, there's no issue there, and that's a really nice feeling to have. So again, I think it really boils down to figuring, prioritizing what's important to you and what you're looking for in the drink package. Ultimately, a drink package purchase can be a really good idea. It just depends on how you cruise and what's important to you. So to answer your listener emails, this is the part of the episode where I get to dive into the Royal Caribbean blog inbox and answer your questions, comments, basically everything you sent me via email, and we talk about it right over here. And if you want to send me your emails, if you're saying, wow, I'd love to email Matt about something I've been wondering about, 
Well, your opportunity is right here by sending me an email to matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Our first email to us comes from Bobby Sass of Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Hello, Matt. We've only been on one cruise so far, uh, Oasis of the Seas, on a Western Caribbean itinerary with a Central Park balcony. We absolutely loved it. Our first cruise didn't involve children, but we decided that this would be a fantastic family vacation. For our second cruise, we booked Harmony of the Seas on an Eastern Caribbean itinerary while she's still in Fort Lauderdale in March 2019. We had three children and took your advice by booking two connecting cabins, this time an interior and an interior with a virtual balcony. After listening to your recent podcast about Freedom Class ships, we were excited to try a new class of ship and maybe even save some money in the process while still moving up to connecting balcony stereos. However, we found that we wouldn't have saved that much by booking Liberty of the Seas over a Harmony of the Seas in October 2019. Our MEI travel agent, Michelle, priced out both cruises with connecting ocean view staterooms, and the total price difference for all five of us was only a little under $500. Harmony of the Seas will be sailing out of Port Canaveral by October 2019, and the drive from East Tennessee is much shorter to Port Canaveral than to Galveston. In the end, it just didn't make much sense for us to travel an extra day each way with added hotel costs to save a little less than 10% and go on a much older ship. Plus, I have heard that the port of Galveston just doesn't offer the ease of embarkation and disembarkation that Port Canaveral does. I'm sure Liberty's awesome, and I actually want to try a Freedom-class ship, but wouldn't bring myself just to do it. Does this make sense? And second, do you think that a fourth Oasis-class ship coming online that we're seeing prices on Oasis-class ships, existing ships rather, will come down? I was kind of expecting to save much more money by booking a relatively older ship, say 15 to 30%. That just doesn't seem to be the case. Finally, we're going to be booking a cabana on at least one of these cruises for stops in Labadee. We are a family of five with kids aged 13, 5, and 3 at the time of the cruise. On one of the cruises, we're traveling with my parents. The cruise planner says the cabana can accommodate up to six people, but there'll be seven in our party. Will that be an issue if we make, or do we have to get two different cabanas? Thanks for your help. I've listened to the podcast from the beginning, have not missed a show, and the only reason I'm cruising now is because of you and the awesome podcast you put out every week. Your podcast is a little bit of vacation everywhere during the commute to work. Bobby, thank you for the really kind words, and thank you for listening, and thank you for the email. So this is a great question. I'm glad you brought this up. So let's start with the core of the question, which is, you know, are you making a mistake, essentially, by going on Harmony over Liberty, and, you know, does the savings make sense? Certainly, there's one key factor that you've highlighted here, if I'm understanding your email correctly, which is you're looking at March of 2019. And typically, March of 2019 is spring break. And you're going to see higher prices, which may be why you're seeing not as much of a price discrepancy between the two ships as you might have expected. Certainly, you're not wrong that there is a price discrepancy and that overall older ships or ships that have been in the fleet longer, I should say, get lower prices than ships that have been in the fleet not as long. And certainly, Harmony of the Seas is among the newest ships in the fleet. And thus, uh, you know, the fact that Liberty's been in there for just a couple of years more. I mean, not a lot, as long as she's, you know, ancient or anything like that. But, you know, should have a little bit lower price. I think the spring break factor is playing a little bit into the pricing. Uh, you know, there are times of the year in which you're going to see a major gap between them. Certainly how well they're booked is another factor as well. Royal Caribbean really doesn't struggle much to, to fill the newer ships like Harmony. Whereas Liberty, you know, out of Galveston, you have a little more of a challenge there. But again, during spring break, not so much because all families are looking to cruise there. That may be part of the case, uh, certainly, when you're looking at the pricing there. So I don't think you're making a mistake or anything like that. Certainly, if it were up to me and I had to choose between the two, even though I have not been on Liberty, I do love the Freedom Class ships. But I do love Harmony. And for the amount and the array of activities offered to families, I don't think you're making a, a wrong choice here. I think they're both good choices, but... Again, if you're only saving under $500, I'd probably go for Harmony as well. I'm a big ship kind of guy, and both are wonderful big ships. But 
I love the Oasis class. Harmony is also admittedly my favorite ship in the fleet, so I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little even more biased than you might imagine in this. But I don't think as being objective as you can under $500 difference. No, I don't think you're making a mistake there at all. And being able to travel less time. Uh, I'm on board with them. Giving the thumbs up on that one. And you also want to know, with a fourth Oasis-class ship coming online, will we see prices on existing Oasis-class ships go down? The answer is yes. I mean, certainly the price for Oasis or Allure of the Seas these days is a little bit cheaper than Harmony. And when Symphony comes on, you'll see that reflected as well. I mean, it's not going to be like, you know, Oasis will be like, you know, dirt cheap or anything like that. But generally speaking, new ships push the price down of existing ships in the fleet. It's all relative, and again, the time of the year can factor into what kind of pricing you're seeing, but generally speaking, I would suspect that the price for Harmony is going to not be nearly as high as Symphony, but that being said, Royal Caribbean's Oasis-class and Quantum-class ships do enjoy a fair amount of premium pricing these days. They're, They're the newest ships in the fleet. They're going to reflect that. Now, obviously, there's a pecking order to them that I just described, but still... An Oasis-class ship is highly desirable, and Royal Caribbean still has that kind of a premium tag to it, if you will. So that's going to still keep those, you know, it's not going to never be as cheap as a Radiance-class ship or a Vision-class ship, but not anytime soon anyway. So there's that. You also want to talk about the Cabanas. If you've got, uh, the Cabana does only accommodate six folks, but if you've got seven or eight, you'll be fine. Just don't say anything about it, Bobby. In my experience, it's totally okay. You have no issues with bringing them just... Again, don't say anything. Tip your attendant well. I've certainly seen other folks there with extra people. I think, in fact, I'm pretty sure we've done instances of having seven or eight folks in our cabana. And again, just as long as you're not like making it a problem, I don't think it'll be a problem. If you show up with 20 people, yeah, that could potentially be an issue. But I think Bobby will be okay with with your situation. They have a great time. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on Harmony. This is a fabulous, fabulous ship. We have another email, and this one's from Jeff, and I love the email over here. Um, he wrote the subject of the email. Thanks for the podcast, and should have known better. <laughs> Our email's from uh, Jeff in Central Virginia. He says, love the podcast and your enthusiasm for all things Royal Caribbean. I listen while training for marathons, and your suggestions and information for all things Royal Caribbean really makes the miles fly by. Getting ready for our third cruise in less than a year did Enchantment of the Seas of the Bahamas and Freedom of the Seas of the Western Med last year. We're selling a, a next on Navigator this season. Got a great deal on a balcony cabin. It was such a great deal that I jumped on it, no questions asked. Unfortunately, I didn't remember to check airfares and rental car prices before I booked, and there's the problem. The airfare for my wife and myself will cost more than the entire cruise. Rental car will also be pricey. Tried every trick in the book to save money on airfare, but eventually had to open my wallet up and pay. I seem to remember you suggesting to check travel sites in advance to avoid this problem, but might be a good idea to remind fellow cruisers, especially the forgetful ones, to add the step to the pre-booking checklist. We really enjoyed Freedom of the Seas and know that Navigator is similar in size and amenities. Really looking forward to Izumi and following your suggestion of taking it back to enjoying our own balcony. Any sushi selections that you recommend? My wife and I are pre-celebrating our 25th anniversary. Any tips for getting our travel agent to throw some perks our way? Wish we could join you on the Rokerman blog group cruise to Alaska. It looks like a lot of fun. Any idea of future Rokerman cruises would be, you might be organizing? First drink or sushi roll is on me. Thanks for the great podcast. Jeff, I'm sorry to hear that you had to learn that lesson the hard way, but it's not a bad idea, as Jeff points out, that if you're looking to book a cruise, before you embrace, fully embrace that YOLO book it mentality of, man, just just book it. You know, you get that excitement. You're 
your your eyes widen, your pupils dilate, your fingers start to you know want to type all your personal information so that way you can just book the darn thing. Check pricing. It's not a bad idea. I mean, I think in most cases, airfare is usually not that bad. But if you're going during a popular time of the year, or in Jeff's case, <laughs> he went to go book his cruise, eh, you're, you know, you, there's sometimes it's just, it is what it is. And I know that I've been in similar situations. Uh, luckily, I think we've been able to at least mitigate it somewhat. Uh, of course, the one thing a lot of people always point out is if you happen to be flying on an airline like Southwest, or you can fly on an airline like Southwest, they'll allow you to reprice. If there is a price drop, so at least you protect yourself against you know that inevitable. Oh, I'm paying a lot of money now, but what happens if the price drops next week? You can go against that, but you know it, you're not wrong. You have to always check that airfare to make sure that the deal you're getting, especially for I think it's more pronounced for short uh, short in cruises like cruises that you book. I don't want to say at the last minute, but less than 90 days, or I might even say less than six months before the actual sale date. A lot of times, that's when you see airfare at its highest because again you're finding that a lot of people have already booked airfare for that point and there may be less selections than you were anticipating so not a bad idea and thank you jeff for for reminding all of us to always check that airfare now sushi suggestions that i recommend for izumi i love the there are a couple things that i love a lot of things on the menu let's be honest (laughs) i was gonna tell you one thing and i'm just i was about to rattle off the entire menu to you i love the dx sushi combo to me it is the best value on the menu you get a lot of options in there and for that reason i i just love the array of, of sushi offered there and that's a really good one the ryu futamaki roll is really good Got to get that uh, if you're looking for like one big roll to emphasize on big. It's a lot of sushi to enjoy. That's a great choice as well. The edamame is complimentary, so you're going to get that. Try that. It's a really good one. If you're on an Oasis class ship, which you're not going on a navigator, but just in general, if you're going on an Oasis class ship, definitely eat the hibachi. That's that's the uh, teppanyaki style dining. It's amazing. If you're on a ship like Navigator and you don't like sushi or you just want to change it up, try the hot rocks. Those are really good. Basically, you get a literally a rock that it's superheated to some like four or 500 degrees Fahrenheit, and they give you raw food and vegetables to cook on the on the on the rock and it's it's fun and it's really tasty as well and, and it's 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 great so give those all a try i think you're going to find some great choice also ask your waiter a lot of times when i go to Zumi these days i'll ask them what's what do you like about the menu what's something that really you think they do really well on this ship and go for it that way because the waiters are really keyed in on a lot of the offerings there and they also know the chefs extremely well so uh, your last question, Jeff, about the group cruises. By the way, you want more? We have right now, as of the recording of this podcast, about five different Royal Caribbean blog group cruises lined up. We have, of course, Alaska this June. We have Symphony of the Seas November 2018. We have Mariner of the Seas doing a back to back, so it's a three and a four night cruise, which comes out to seven. My math is right. Uh, in March of 2019, what's nice about that group cruise is you can join us for one or both legs of it. So, you know, if you can only do the weekend, come join us for the weekend. If you can only do the first part, come for the first part, or come for both. We're doing that. We've also got a Anthem of the Seas July 4th cruise uh, next year, 2019. This is a really cool itinerary. We're going to Bermuda and the Caribbean on Anthem of the Seas out of New York. It's really interesting because usually you only go to Bermuda or the Caribbean, not both. But this is actually a stop in Bermuda and in the Caribbean, including Labadee. Uh, it's a really impressive itinerary. I'm very excited for that one. And on top of all that, we've got, we're actually going to be ringing in the New Year, New Year's 2020, on board Freedom of the Seas out of San Juan, Puerto Rico. So uh, when the next decade comes in, 2019 and 2020, we'll be celebrating it together. 
it's gonna be a, these group cruises I am so excited for because I think we've got some really great options lined up for us. If you want to join us, Jeff, or anybody listening, uh, for any of all uh, any and all of these group cruises, you can get more information at royalcaribbeanblog.com slash events. Royalcaribbeanblog.com slash events for more information about all of our group cruises. They're it's so much fun to cruise with with friends on board. I gotta tell you, if you've never done it before, make it a must-do because it is so much fun just to be able to share in the experience, be with other people who really understand why cruising with Royal Caribbean is so cool, you know? So there you go. All right, time for one more email, and that is from uh, Pascal from – oh, Pascal and Sarah, sorry, from Luxembourg, Europe. And Pascal writes, uh, first, let's get something off our chest. We cheated on Royal Caribbean. We Yes, we did a six-night Western Caribbean sailing on Carnival Vista. It was a cruise with my family members, so I guess similar to maybe your Norwegian cruise that you took. On the day it ended, we hopped off, uh, we hopped on board Harmony of the Seas for a week-long Eastern Caribbean cruise, finally home again. This really provided us with an excellent opportunity to compare the two current flagships of Carnival and Royal Caribbean and see what each cruise line makes better or worse. In order not to make this too long for you to read, we are just limiting ourselves and our opinions on three different areas of the cruise and distribute three points for each category. First things first, food. Carnival. As Billy from CruiseHabit.com mentioned on his blog, the Carnival Vista really has an impressive array of complimentary dining options. This was by far the best part of our Carnival cruise. They had a guy's burger joint, which really had excellent burgers with oh-so-many topping options. They had a great Mexican place with custom-made tacos and burritos, again, coupled with a vast array of toppings and sauces. And they had a wonderful deli with a huge choice of made-to-order Rubens and pastrami sandwiches and even interesting daily specials. All of this complimentary. Suffice to say, the main dining room was above average on uh, most days, and something we have lately missed on some Royal Caribbean ships, we really wonder how Carnival can offer such a high value for that price. It's not the typical Disney includes soft drinks in their cruise fare, well, you pay for them kind of thing. Carnival has lower fares than Royal Caribbean, and they manage to pack a lot of wonderful food into it, which for foodies like us is very important. Well done, Carnival. On Royal Caribbean, we all love Royal Caribbean Specialty Dining, and because we didn't use any specialty dining on Carnival, we took advantage of Royal Caribbean's Ultimate Dining Package. We were blown away. Izumi killed it and is our favorite restaurant now. The new crispy rice and the tuna tacos were amazing. Chops sublime in every way. Like you, we tried the lamb chops, which are even better with the mint jelly they come with on Harmony of the Seas. Wonderland, well, it's all in the name. 150 Central Park's Asian tuna tartar, even better than Chop's version. We couldn't have loved the food anymore. If Royal Caribbean were to bring the Sea View Cafe back, and if El Loco Fresh is anywhere close to the wonderful Mexican option on Carnival Vista, then only Johnny Rockets would need to be replaced by something complimentary in the style of Guy's Burger. Two points for Carnival, one point for Royal Caribbean. Entertainment. Carnival. Wonderful string trio each night and many other options for live music. Sorry to say, but their shows were really bad. We saw their best show and it was terrible. Their lead vocals were a disappointment. We literally had pain when they were singing. Awkward. Royal Caribbean, world-class entertainment, wonderful cast. We totally enjoy the musicals. Still dreaming about those magical nights. We feel uh, Royal Caribbean completely destroyed Carnival when it comes to entertainment and therefore just all the points in this category. Zero points for Carnival, three points for Royal Caribbean. Cabins. Carnival's was a very beautiful cabin. We were there in the Havana area, which is only slightly more expensive, so we could use a private pool and whirlpools at the aft of the ship. That area was never overcrowded and had wonderful lounge beds, which were almost always available. And they really enforced the restricted access for normal guests. All the Havana area was beautiful, beautifully themed and came with complete with live band each evening for us nicer than Boleros. Even the hallways were very beautifully themed, as were the cabins that came with the upgraded suite-like amenities. 
on Royal Caribbean, we were staying in a virtual balcony cabin, except we always wanted to try these. It was a great little perk. We love the design of the room. Finally, Royal Caribbean has caught up with modern design. Don't get us wrong, we always loved Royal Caribbean's cabins. They seemed a little bit dated in their design and color scheme, except for maybe quantum-class ships, which we still couldn't try yet. The cabins on Harmony finally look modern and make you feel as comfortable as in any modern luxury hotel. The feel of the materials was that Royal Caribbean used was better on Royal, and their quality seems a bit higher, especially in the bathroom. All in all, a win for Royal Caribbean. Though we think Royal could adopt the concept of an exclusive area for guests of a particularly themed area, a neat idea. Sort of a sweet area for non-sweet guests. One point for Carnival, two points for Royal Caribbean. Stray observations. There were a very weird smell in most of the self-service dining areas on Carnival Vista. We ended up figuring out it came from the napkins they used, something in the washing or drying process. They had huge ventilation problems on the Carnival Vista, something we have never experienced on any Royal Caribbean ship. Like, the ventilation design was totally inappropriate for the amount of people in that space. Sometimes you'd run into a wall of unventilated areas, especially in the buffet restaurant. Weird. Carnival Vista's cruise director was, without a doubt, the funniest and best cruise director we've ever had. Maybe it was because of his name, which was Matt. Our pounded, uh, whenever we saw a Royal Caribbean ship, we were overjoyed when we stepped back on board the Royal Promenade, and then it happened. We said we'd never try a new, we'd never try a new cruise line again. Home is where the heart is. Bonus point for Royal Caribbean. All in all, Carnival get three points, Royal Caribbean seven. So, all the best. Wow, Pascal and Sarah, thank you for the wonderful in-depth review. And that is wonderful. I think it's a very appropriate review. Obviously, as you mentioned, Carnival Vista is like Carnival's uh, flagship. And Harmony is, as of right now, still the flagship. Symphony obviously going to supplant her in a second. But, you know, really good observations all around. I thought it sounded fairly, you know, fair, I think, in everything that you you were talking about. Um, I hope this helped some folks out. In fact, I was surprised to hear some of the things that you had mentioned about the differences between the two. And I think when it comes down to it, you know, really... The difference between cruise lines is going to be a very personal choice. You know, a lot of things that Pascal and Sarah talked about may be important to them and unimportant to other people and vice versa. And I know that when I've cruised other cruise lines, I've cruised on Norwegian and Disney before, you know, I value certain things and don't value other things. Like to me, the soda pack, the fact that there's free soda on Disney is so irrelevant. Like who cares? Because you're paying thousands more dollars on Disney. So it's, it's totally not an important factor on top of that. I don't really drink soda these much these days. So again, that's a personal factor that may not be such a personal choice for other people, but it's good to hear your observations about both ships. And certainly a lot of folks are always wondering, you know, which cruise line offers the best experience. I don't think what, you know, Pascal and Sarah did was wrong in terms of, you know, trying them out and at least, you know, dipping your toe into another water. But for me, Every time I've gone to another cruise line, I've just come running back to Royal Caribbean because I really do like that that value and that that's I feel like Royal Caribbean is just in that sweet spot of what you off what they offer you and what you get for the price. Certainly, a lot of times Carnival's prices are lower than Royal Caribbean, but you know, in terms of the like the entertainment is a great example of that. Um, I love the decor of the rooms. You know, I, I feel like Royal Caribbean is just more even keeled, as it were, and to me. The advantage of being even keeled with, you know, across the board is that you get that, that uh, you know, it's, it's a consistency that I look forward to. And I think that's why a lot of people ask me, you know, Matt, is there, you know, what ship should I go on in Royal Caribbean? What's the best Royal Caribbean ship? I tell them the same answer all the time. And there is no there is no answer. They're all wonderful ships. And I don't think you're doing yourself a disservice by going on any single one of them. Um, so, you know, I'm glad to hear that when you guys got back on Harmony, you were totally happy to be back home again. And I oh, totally understand that mindset because I'll tell you, having been there, 
it's nice to be able to come back on what you're familiar with and certainly what you've come to grown accustomed to and really, really enjoy. So great email. Thank you for sharing it with us. And thank you to everybody for your wonderful emails. And if you want to send me your email about something that you want to talk about Royal Caribbean related, please, please, please feel free to do so by sending an email to Matt, M-A-T-T at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.